This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Moxie, the soda. Yes. <laughs> this one's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love a I love a soda episode. They're they're always they're always pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know much about this one. I've never had it. Oh no. No. Uh, I had a friend who used to call me Moxie because I had a lot of Moxie, kid. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, he told me it was a soda. He'd been calling me that for a while and he didn't tell me it was a soda until 2014 or something. Okay. So that's right. when I found out huh. uh, that this was an actual product and not just a word that we use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely knew the word a long time before I knew that it was based on, right, this brand. Um, but I have tried Moxie. Um, my family, who lives in New Hampshire, the last time I was there hanging out with them for my cousin's wedding uh, they were like, you've never had Moxie. Like, this needs to be corrected. Um, mm -hmm. It's good. I like it. Ooh, I can't wait to hear your description. I hear it's very polarizing. I honestly don't understand why. I mean, okay, like that's 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 me saying this. Um, me who like like bitter is my favorite flavor, and um, and I love like an amaro and stuff like that. And it's very much within those bounds. Um, mm -hmm. so like to me, I'm like, oh, it's a soda. <sighs> like if other people are used to like, I don't know, like a cream soda or like, 
like I feel like you, this is a hit piece, and I'm just waiting to see like, who the hit is like on. <laughs> anything. I, I don't know. Like like if you're if you're just not used to bitter flavors, um, mm. or if you're used to sweet things, and your palate runs more towards sweet, then 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 I can see it being not your not your bag. Um, mm-hmm. But like the amount of polarization doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like it's just bitter, man. Okay. How okay? Tell me this honestly. Okay. How close is it to Dr. Pepper? Um, I don't I don't remember clearly. Um mm. okay. I I wasn't I don't think I was thinking about Dr. Pepper when I was drinking it, but this was also <laughs> how many years ago was that? Oh, Elizabeth, let me know. Um okay. <laughs> That's my biggest concern. Uh I I don't it I don't think it was very much like Dr. Pe- I mean it reminded me more of like of like a like a chinar or like mm. um like a, a Pichot's bitters or something like that. Okay. I mean that makes more sense. My my recollection of Dr. Pepper is much uh, sweeter. <laughs> Cloying, I would say. Uh I mean it's still a soda, like it still has sugar in it, but um <laughs> <laughs> uh but i but i don't think it's as sweet as doc i don't i don't th- find dr pepper extremely bitter personally but yeah. but i have seen that comparison as mm-hmm. something i'd like i've read that online but that's not i don't think that that's the first thing that my brain popped to okay that was my biggest concern, concern. i saw that yeah. pop up and i was like oh no oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> this bitter i like bitter yeah okay Hmm. I feel like we've got a lot of sodas and and similar drinks on the the list to try. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I also still have two, not one, but two flavors of Doctor Enough somewhere. Doctor Enough? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Is that (laughs) our weird, like, blue cheese flavored stuff that we bought at one time? No, it's just just a regular (laughs) regional soda pop. Okay. <laughs> I think it's um I think it's uh southeastern. Like I think that uh super producer Dylan has uh fond memories of it. Oh. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. That could be a Dungeons and Dragons treat then. Um. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't generally drink soda anymore, but I could make some exceptions. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you can see our past episode we did on soda for more context and information around all of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, possibly uh, our Amari episode, um, maybe Sazerac yeah. and uh, cocktail bitters. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> um, well, I guess that brings us to our question. Sure. Moxie. What is it? Well, uh, Moxie is a brand of soft drink or soda pop. Yes. Um, that's like a like a cola or maybe like a root beer or um, uh, any anything else like along those flavor profiles, but with a punch of bitterness. Um, it's like a little bit like woody and herbal, um, kind of spiced and right, bittersweet, um, sort of medicinal uh, and or minty and or like refreshing. Um, it's, it's like an Amaro soda, but from the American Northeast, like from New England. Yes. 
Yes. Didn't realize it was so localized. <laughs> Quite local. Yes. One of those very, very local products. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it is super interesting to me that although, right, due to this locality, lot, lots of Americans probably don't even know that this soda exists. Um, but the brand name has entered the English lexicon. Um, to have moxie, right, means to have like a like like pluck, like like energy, courage, capacity, um, nerve and verve, as Merriam-Webster's puts it. Huh. Yeah. Nerve and verve. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the packaging um, is bold orange with royal blue and um, silver and or white details. Um, like like think marketing power colors, like like tide. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of concept uh, marketing concept around this brand of it being or, or right this 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 very powerful but in a clever way kind of kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It feels very like BioShock or Fallout to me that kind of like Oh yeah, absolutely. Mhm. Mm the drink with yeah. like, the slogans it's going to like pep you up and keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Native Mainer, uh, Gloria and Scott, told NPR this February, part of it is, we're not wimpy. This is our drink. This drink is not wimpy. Dang. I love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> uh, one of the main flavorings in Moxie is gentian root, uh, which, right, we've talked about a bit in our Sazerac and Amaro and cocktail bitters episodes because... It is a common ingredient in bitters and various amari. Um, it's a uh, part of the bitter profile in stuff like uh, Agnostora and Pichot's bitters and in Aperol. So if you've had any of those, then yeah, that kind of like bitter herbal note in there is part of what you're going to experience if you're drinking Moxie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, these days, the only Moxie products are uh, regular and diet versions of the soda, but in the past, there have been other soda flavors from the brand, uh, cherry cola, cream soda, orange cream, blue cream, uh, ginger ale, an energy drink. Um, there was a moxie bubblegum, a moxie candy, a moxie tropical fruit granola. Mm. I don't think it was flavored like moxie. I think it was just under the moxie brand, like during oh, the granola craze as like a health food. It was like, this is a health food. This other thing is a health food. Why not? Okay. That was a little on edge. I guess I feel a little bit oh. bitter about that. But I, what do I know? I don't even know what this tastes like. I have a, I have a idea now, but uh -huh. okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, I, I will say that the people will put moxie in, uh, in a number of things. I mean, I mean, perhaps obviously it is, uh, uh, uh drunk straight, but you can also use it as a cocktail mixer or as a flavoring in sweet or savory dishes, uh, ice creams, chocolate cake, uh, sauces for stuff like wings or ribs or baked beans. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The same way that Coke yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. All right. Well, what about the nutrition? Uh, soda is a treat. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's probably just sugar and water. That's nice. Um, yeah, these are nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're big fans of treats around here. We are. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we do have some numbers for you. We do. All right. So the year before Moxie was acquired by Coca-Cola in 2018, which we're going to come back to in the history section, mm -hmm. Moxie sold about 225,000 cases of their product. 
And the fandom for this stuff, like, yes, I just called it a fandom and that is an appropriate term. Like that is that is what it is. It's it's large um, and kind of intense. <laughs> um, there have been at least six books published about Moxie and its history. Yes. And there is an annual Moxie Festival in Lisbon, Maine, that attracts about 30,000 people a year. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the website, the first image you see is of a Moxie Darth Vader, which I loved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a Darth Vader in the Moxie colors. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a recipe contest, chugging contest, a chicken chucking contest with a rubber chicken. Okay. Yes. A parade, a hamster wheel snow cone machine, a bass fishing contest, and more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the second weekend in July. Um, it's back in 2022. If anyone has been, please let us know. Please. Um, this festival is run by an organization called the Moxie Congress. Um, and Allow me to quote from their website. Um, the New England Moxie Congress is a loosely knit band of Moxie zealots and fellow travelers who collect Moxie-related memorabilia, promote the drinks availability, get together for parades and clam bakes, and some who actually drink the stuff. The annual business meeting may be held on a car at the end of the line at the Seashore Trolley Museum, but then again, it may not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I forgot about the clam bakes. I think that's part of the, the whole thing, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Maine. You've got to have some clam bakes. Um, <laughs> uh, the Moxie Congress also ran a museum in uh, Lisbon or perhaps Lisbon Falls, Maine, for at least a couple decades, um, though it apparently closed down in 2016 and its memorabilia was sold off. But there is a Moxie wing at the Matthews Museum of Maine Heritage in uh, Union, Maine, um, which is where the creator of Moxie is from. And this includes, uh, but it's certainly not limited to, a wooden Moxie stand, like uh, like the banana stand, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's shaped like a bottle of Moxie. It's 33 feet tall. That's like 11 meters, about two stories tall. Um, it contains a small bar with seats in the bottom and then a, a ladder that you can climb to peer out a window at the top and, and once had like an outdoor slide to go down upon exit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and the brand has definitely let it slide that their name became a common term. Um, so therefore, you can find all kinds of, of businesses and entertainment ventures um, that have moxie in the name or that are simply named Moxie um, from like swimwear to whitewater rafting tours to a nonfiction book about sailing um, to a fiction film that just came out recently, I think, to like pest control, to dolls, to a bar, to catering, to a cafe, to a sparkling Shiraz, um, to a record label, to cosmetics, to an adult performer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite the gamut for quite sure. A range. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and as we mentioned, this drink is pretty polarizing. It has its detractors, uh, but it also has many famous fans, including President Calvin Coolidge and author E.B. White, who once wrote of it Moxie contains gentian root, which is the path to the good life. Huh. All yeah. right. All right, E.B. White, <laughs> I agree with you. 
heck yeah. <laughs> I, I'm willing to be open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. We have so much fun history to go over. We do. But first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million? Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And again... See our soda episode. Yeah, it's a very long history, but in brief, uh, very basically, so bubbly mineral water from springs with naturally occurring carbon dioxide was a popular drink slash bath thing for millennia before humans figured out how to produce it ourselves. Um, it was especially popular as a health tonic, and this goes back to at least 400 BCE, Long minute. So yeah, uh, we finally figured out how to create pressurized carbonated drinks in the 1700s, then improvements to glass, let us bottle it. And so by the mid-1800s, there was like a whole dang rage of soda fountains in pharmacies. Um, you'd go like get a prescription filled or ask for a pick-me-up, and the pharmacist slash soda jerk could mix you something up with bubbly water and medicinal stuff and something to make it taste nicer. Um, 
usually sugar. Uh, around this time also, especially as the temperance movement was taking off in the United States, um, sodas as a nice alternative to booze were gaining ground. By the 1870s, just about everywhere that was anywhere in the United States had a soda fountain in town. Um, so the stage was set for a boom in the branded soda business. Yes. Enter Moxie. <laughs> uh, so Moxie has quite a long history, uh, and some argue it has a credible claim to America's first soda. And there's some caveats where people be like, first bottled soda or whatever. But uh, sure. But yeah. It's, it's up there. old. Yeah, it's up there for sure. Um, its origin goes back to the 1880s and one Dr. Augustine Thompson. Thompson was a Civil War veteran and a physician from Maine. And as a physician, he was interested in developing a tonic, a health drink. Um, and yes, remember at the time, carbonated drinks were often believed to have these health benefits and were frequently sold in pharmacies. So to that end, he mixed together ingredients like wintergreen, sassafras, and gentian root, which is an ingredient that has a long history of being used medicinally, to create a medical tonic called moxie nerve food <laughs> that promised to invigorate the drinker with spunk, uh, first bottled in 1884, though he first formulated it as a syrup in 1876, but ultimately decided the bubbles from the soda really improved it. Yeah. Notably, at least according to most sources I read, he didn't include alcohol or cocaine in his recipe, which a lot of soda drinks did at the time. In fact, according to one source, soon after Moxie was released, bartenders in the area started keeping it on hand for customers who were too drunk for more alcohol. Huh. Thompson got a patent for the drink in 1885. When it first launched, it was sold as a cure-all. And while there were several bad actors in the space who weren't being honest about their intentions or their product when it came to health claims, Thompson seemed to truly believe in the health benefits of what he was selling. That's not to say he was correct. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't right. <laughs> At least that's what <laughs> most things I read said, that he seemed legitimate. He thought it would improve health. Um, however, if you look at the various advertisements, you might scratch your chin a bit uh, <laughs> uh -huh. because it was purported that Moxie could fix ailments like, quote, loss of manhood and softening of the brain and that it had, quote, cured drunkards by the thousands effectively, too, made more homes happy, cured more nervous, prostrated, overworked people, prevented more crime and suffering in New England than all other agencies combined. So. Uh -huh. Okay, that's those are big claims. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say there was some exaggeration, some willful <laughs> exaggeration but, going on. But but what enthusiasm? What moxie? What moxie indeed? <laughs> uh, and these health claims weren't dropped until the passing of the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906, and this is also when the nerve food part of the name was axed too. Yeah. This is the point of some contention, but allegedly he'd invented the drink in Massachusetts and it was bottled in Boston from 1928 to 1953. The contention being Maine is like, no, and <laughs> Massachusetts is like, well, hold up now. Uh -huh. um, the building where it was bottled was called Moxieland and people could visit it. It was demolished in the 1950s, but it sounds like it was quite the experience when it was running. All right, so where did the name come from? Well, 
There are a couple of theories, but the most popular one is that it is derived from a term meaning dark water from the language of indigenous people from the area. Though nowadays, yes, it means something like bravery or strength, uh, verve and nerve or whatever you said. Lauren, <laughs> like that. Um, other theories suggest uh, that Thompson got it from similarly named locales, which, of course, may have gone back to indigenous languages. Uh, right, yeah. There's a there's a Moxie Falls and a Moxie Lake in Maine, among other um, offshoot locations. And uh, yeah, the, the theory goes that this is um, right a, a word from a local um, Algonquin dialect. Yes. Uh, the design of the lettering for the logo that persists today premiered in 1907. Um and that is also probably when those two-story-tall, bottle-shaped moxie stands were constructed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, moxie was popular, although from what I could tell, it never really took off outside of New England. Um, it was well-received at the 1904 Louisiana Purchase Exposition, which helped spike wider interest in it. Um, and at its peak... In the 1920s, it was doing bigger numbers than Coca-Cola, which was a soda that uh, had been invented around the same time. A lot of them came out around the same time. A lot of our big ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently Moxie faced a number of competitors around that time. Um, I couldn't easily corroborate this, but according to uh, the online etymology dictionary, Moxie won a copyright infringement suit in 1917 against a competitor that was calling itself Proxy. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I yeah. love it. Um, <laughs> there definitely was another brand called a Modox that they also want to suit against. <laughs> oh, my goodness. These names are so great. <laughs> uh. <laughs> From the 1920s onwards, Moxie really solidified this brand identity that they've, they still have today through marketing with things like giveaways and gimmicks, the pointing Moxie boy. Uh, Moxie horsemobiles and trucks with eight-foot model bottles that visited over 40,000 towns. Um, these efforts were the brainchild of Thompson's partner and entrepreneur, Frank Morton Archer, who really had a big a big hand in all of this. Um, and we have to unpack this horsemobile bit. We we certainly do. Because um, it is not what I thought it was. <laughs> me, me neither. I look up, th this is your homework for the episode, look up pictures. Um, and oh, and, and that reminds me that we did uh, that great uh, like marketing vehicles episode with Scott. Yeah. A while back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a great one. So I do want to clarify, there were, from what I understand, there were horse-drawn carriage type things that were moving these bottles, these model bottles, uh -huh. and then there were horse mobiles. So the horse mobile is separate. Um, but okay, here we go. In 1916, Archer got the idea for these dummy horses that were then mounted into the chassis of cars in such a way the driver could ride on the saddle. Um, people would follow the moxie man and his horse around wherever they went. Uh, I just, oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, Moxie also had a plethora of slogans and catchphrases like, what this country needs is plenty of moxie. And <laughs> it's the drink for those who are at all particular. But they really leaned into like kind of that thing you mentioned earlier, the it's not a wimpy drink. It's, you know, it's for a certain type of person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, however, Moxie did cut the marketing budget in the face of the Great Depression, which turned out to be a mistake, or at least that's what a lot of the kind of retroactive lookbacks say. Um, they raised their prices, they used cheaper ingredients, and they lost Archer when he died in the 1930s, all of which put the company on a downward spiral. It did get a bit of a boost in the 50s thanks to a radio ad featuring Red Sox player Ted Williams that everybody mentioned. So must have had an Must impact. have been a thing. Must have been a thing. <laughs> yeah. And for a short time, the company produced a product called Ted's Root Beer as okay. a part of this. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a result of all of that marketing, yeah, by the year 1930, the word moxie was being used as slang um, for right having this this quality of like a certain pep. Yes. Uh, and the recipe has changed a few times. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Most notably when sassafras was banned on the federal level here in the U.S. in 1960 due to the belief it was a carcinogen, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. and sugar was swapped out for high fructose corn syrup. During this decade, almost half of the company's sales was in diet moxie. Uh, also during this time, they partnered with Mad Magazine for a Mad About Moxie campaign that helped sales for a time. All right. But yes, this was a big... Anytime they messed with the formula, people were oh. not happy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. From from what I understand, different um, bottling facilities today, um, and I, I believe there are three. That's what I was reading on the uh, Moxie Congress website. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, have slightly different formulations that they use, and one of them has gone back to the original cane sugar. Ooh. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> and and this is related. So in 1968, the company, now under new management, bought the new grape company of Atlanta and relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. They reformulated the recipe, but by all accounts, it was a disaster. <laughs> so they attempted to return to, quote, old-fashioned democracy. And I think they even, like, put that on the label for a minute because they yeah. really done some damage. <laughs> yeah, it was like that new Coke situation. And yes. they were like, oh, nope, nope, classic Coke. We promise. We promise, we promise. folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And there were some more company change-ups in there. I got kind of confused trying to keep track of oh, all these company things. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But mm-hmm. – um. In 1982, the first annual Moxie Festival was held in Lisbon, Maine. This was the effort of a local businessman to the area who was determined to save the floundering Moxie soda. In the 1993 film Lost in Yonkers, Richard Dreyfuss's character says the line, You know what you got, Jay? You got Moxie. I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know if that was a good uh, read on it. But I have no idea either. There you go. Yeah. Well, listeners, you can let us know. <laughs> Moxie was named as the official state drink of Maine in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, as mentioned, in 2018, Coca-Cola announced it was acquiring Moxie. And it's a bit confusing because in 2007, Moxie was owned by Cornucopia Beverages out of New Hampshire. As of 2011, they started doing some of their business under the name the Moxie Beverage Company. And according to New England Day, quote, Cornucopia is owned by Coca-Cola Bottling Company of Northern New England, 
not directly affiliated with the Coca-Cola Company, which is a subsidiary of Kirin Brewing Company, whose parent company, <laughs> Tokyo-based Kirin Holdings Company Limited, is part of the Mitsubishi Business Group. So I had to use that quote because I was so confused. I was trying to understand this last night. I was like, wait a minute. This, isn't this a car company? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Oh. Oh, 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 business holdings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, yes, Coca-Cola officially, the Coca-Cola company officially yes. acquired it. The one that is located in Atlanta and yes. the one that makes Coca-Cola, as opposed to this other one, which is not and does not. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and other than me trying to understand this, there was a lot of hand-wringing over this deal. Yeah. A lot. Because people were panicking about, oh, the formula, they're going to change the taste, all of the stuff. Uh, you know, it's a very local drink and the people in that area, a lot of people feel very passionately about it, very proud of it, don't want it to change. So uh, because of all this, at the time, Coca-Cola executives promised to keep the formula and keep it, quote, local to New England. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> listeners again if you've got <laughs> opinions on it love to hear them <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah from from what i vaguely understand it's they've done a pretty good job but uh mm -hmm. but right right let us know um okay meanwhile like divergence for the episode um in 2020 the mars perseverance rover launched with a piece of equipment called moxie which stands for the Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Experiment. And this, this is a project that aims to, uh, to demonstrate the efficacy of this one technology that might be used to produce oxygen from the carbon dioxide that pretty much exclusively makes up the Martian atmosphere. Um, and this would be really cool for future missions in terms of both um, breathing, um, you know, humans yeah. like having some oxygen in the mix there, um, and also as a, as a combustion fuel, yeah, mm. because mm -hmm. carrying all that combustion fuel uh, with us would be heavy if we tried mm -hmm. to go there. Um, at any rate, yeah, so, so this MOXIE project has been in development since 2014. It was named uh, by the principal investigator on the project, one uh, Michael Hecht of MIT, who, uh, yeah, is from the area and was the Grand Marshal of the Moxie Festival Parade in 2017. Wow. Yeah, yeah you know, you've got your <laughs> Mars Project Grand Marshal of Parade. <laughs> Moxie <laughs> Festival Parade. Hard to say. Both Hard pretty cool. Say. Both very prestigious. Yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. Um, okay. And may, speaking of this, may I go out of our way for a pun? Always. Okay. Always. All right. So, so, so one of the many challenges facing this project, this technology, is that it's supposed to work by by splitting carbon dioxide molecules, you know, which which have uh, two oxygens and one carbon um, atom, uh, splitting those molecules into one molecule of oxygen and one of carbon monoxide. Yeah. Um, okay. But. There's like a Goldilocks zone in running the machine, like too little power, and you don't split the molecule at all. 
um, too much power and you split it all the way down to two oxygens and one carbon. And at that point, you would wind up with like heated carbon residue all up in the machine. Um, heated carbon material is sometimes known as coke. So the joke here is that one of the main challenges facing Moxie is Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's a Uh, pun. It's like a new frontier of savor puns. I'm loving it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't write that. That's that's hat hat tip to Hecht um, and to Popular Science, who was interviewing him um, about yes. all of this. So oh that's. <laughs> I love it. You always manage to find like a space angle that impresses me, or some strange technology thing that I'm never anticipating. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely wasn't wasn't anticipating getting to say the sentence um the Mars Perseverance rover <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating hearing it, but I'm very happy that I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um uh back to the actual soda. <laughs> um as of winter 2021, uh Moxie had been experiencing some pandemic supply chain issues. Uh, But don't worry, as of like mid-February 2022, it looked like they were pretty much starting to clear up. Um, And uh, the Lisbon Moxie Festival um, has been on hold for the past couple of years due to the pandemic, um, but organizers are hoping to to get back into it this year. So looking good. Yeah. Yeah. And again, listeners, if you have been, you've got to let us know. Yes. Yes. Maybe one day we can go. Oh, goodness. See, Super Producer Andrew is from the area, and we're waiting to hear what his take on all of this is. We haven't heard back yet. Yeah, yeah. So Very excited. Well, yes, that is what we have to say about Moxie for now. Yes, uh, but we do have some listener mail for you. And we are going to go to there right after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Hard. Lauren's got an excellent transatlantic accent, you all. Uh, but it's hard to communicate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a in a uh, right sing songy yeah. listener mail segment segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be over too quick. But you know, I I thought about it and then I lost my moxie. I guess. <laughs> oh, 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 it's okay. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> oh, uh, so many of you have written in about currents. This is very exciting. Ah. Um, so we have a lot of those to share, uh, but we'll start with this one. Joe wrote, the episode on currents was so surprising and delightful that I had to write in. Like many Americans, I had no idea what currents were. I was only introduced to them during grad school in the UK. Squash, bottles of concentrated fruit juice that you dilute with water, became a staple since I don't drink juice often, but sometimes you just want a glass of something fruity and sweet. Black currant squash became my favorite flavor, but there are other flavors of squash as well. My roommate's mother even recommended drinking hot black currant squash whenever I was feeling sick. Doing fieldwork in France meant that I also got to know creme de cassis. My favorite alcoholic drink to order in France is a cure. Basically, white wine with a fruit syrup. You can do peach kir, raspberry kir, and yes, kir with creme de cassis, which is what I end up ordering most of the time. One time I asked my mother to be my fieldwork assistant, meaning she wandered around museums while I was doing research, <laughs> and we finished off in Paris. My mother is quite the lightweight, and during our last dinner, I ended up polishing off most of the half bottle of wine we ordered, plus my kir royale, an upgraded kir with champagne instead of white wine. What? We were celebrating. <laughs> this all resulted in a rather tipsy climb up the Arc de Triomphe after dinner to enjoy Paris at night one last time. It remains one of my favorite memories. Basically, I love that current flavor now, and this episode was a reminder that I really need to replenish my pantry and my bar with a bottle of squash and a bottle of creme de cassis stat. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds so fun, first of yeah. all. And yeah, I'm... I love the name Squash. I <laughs> How did I not run into this? And I've got to get my hands on some of this black currant flavor. I've really... You listeners have sold me on it, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a flavor that's out there. We can... 
We can we, do this. Yeah, yeah. I've I have most often seen it um in like lambic format as a cassis lambic uh right or as a creme de cassis uh liquor. But Okay. Okay. Well, you've given me some ideas, Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love all this. That sounds so great. Oh yes. Uh Vincenzo wrote about uh lamb cakes. I'm actively listening to the episode as I write this because last Christmas I gave my grandma a lamb cake mold. I did this because on our previous Easter Zoom call, she brought up the mold her friend gave to her and then asked for it back, and I don't know if she ever got over this. <laughs> this was maybe 10 years ago because when she... Uh-huh. This was maybe 10 years ago because that's when she was using that cake mold. But she used the mold this Easter for the family and shared this picture with me. Picture attached. Um... Growing up, we would have lamb butter with the red and white banner in its back. I should note my family is ethnically Polish and at least culturally Catholic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love so many pieces of this. Yes. Oh, That's and so the funny. <laughs> attached photo of the lamb cake is a little terrifying and very, very sweet looking. <laughs> yeah, it's a little small little lamb cake. It's cutie, but scary, <laughs> which again is kind of how I felt. About most of the pictures About I most saw. of these photographs, yes, yes. But very, very dear. No, like, lamb mm -hmm. pun intended. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I also love the the holding a grudge of the lamb cake Yeah. Mold. That's Oh, excellent. yes. That... <laughs> oh, yeah, I would never get over that. If someone, like, I mean, it wouldn't even have to be a special mold. I would be like, where's my spring form? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Ask for it back? What? Yeah, come on. We did get a lot of <laughs> lamb cake images, so I'm very excited about to share these uh, stories with you listeners. It was fantastic. I'm just consistently delighted by these images. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh. Yes. Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, our email is hello at saverpod.com. Oh, we are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 